Today on the podcast, we have the amazing and inspiring, fearless, determined, I have loads of words <laughs> to describe this one, uh, Grania McCoy. And I think so many people are going to get so much inspiration from the podcast because Grania shows how it doesn't matter what anyone's opinions are of you or what they believe you can achieve. It's up to you to break down the barriers, to push through and to achieve your dreams. And she's done all of that. And it's really very inspirational to listen to. And she also talks about challenges that she met along the way. And of that, there were plenty. Um, but she didn't let them stop her. And it's actually so entertaining to listen to the podcast. She's very funny person um but she tells us all the gossip about alan sugar and the apprentice and how they're still great friends and he sees her very much as a mentor to his other candidates that are coming forward so that's really really interesting to hear and um, she gives advice as well to people who are maybe struggling to make video content people who are struggling to grow their following online and it's just jam-packed and i know you're going to love her as much as i do this is an exciting new digital world we live in and I want this podcast to help inspire you on your entrepreneurial journey. It's not easy juggling all the balls in the world of work and I know that more than anyone. But I invite you to join thousands of our other listeners as we talk about all things money, marketing, hard times and successes. So get ready to be challenged and inspired. This is The Dig Podcast. Thank you so much, Grania, for coming. Thank you so much for having me. Oh, it's brilliant. I know it's so hard to tie everybody down because you're so busy with everything that's going on. So I really appreciate you being here. And I know I done. I don't think I've done you justice there and everything that you've been through and kind of your story and all. But do you want to tell everybody that's listening just a wee bit about you? And if I got anything wrong there, obviously fill in all the blanks. Oh, um, whenever I first came in, I was like, my, my journey is a roller coaster completely. Um, where do I start? So obviously it touched a, a little bit that um, I had Ryan when I was... 15 turning 16 um and yeah i didn't tell anyone i had my first scan at 29 weeks so, getting shivers oh my god yeah 29 weeks so i was 15 29 weeks had my first scan i had to tell everyone obviously you can't hide it forever so um whenever i told my parents massive shock mm -hmm. very very scared i think mm -hmm. more so them than me mm -hmm. um but obviously ryan came along a couple of weeks later so they had no choice yeah they had to get used to it yeah he was here um but as you mentioned I, yeah i was very determined to not have the people that were talking about me as you can imagine back then nearly 20 years ago there was a lot of chit chat from mm -hmm. every everybody mm -hmm. um within school people and talk the community that's, that's and it. everything um but i wanted to prove everybody wrong i am as you said a very Fearless slash stubborn, probably more so. Stubborn mm. is the main word I'd probably use. Um, but I wanted to do something with my life and I knew that I chose to have Ryan. I chose to, um, you know, continue to be the woman that I wanted to be. I knew I wanted to be a businesswoman from a young age. I knew I wanted to be in the makeup industry. So four weeks later, I went and went back to school. Hated it. <laughs> Absolutely hated it. Like yeah. really, and I think I have two GCSEs or something. Uh -huh. but, but you were determined to do that. It wasn't part. the point. It wasn't. Yeah. It wasn't the getting the education part of it. It was the repeating the fifth year with a, people a year younger than me to prove that anything that I wanted to do is possible, mm -hmm. even after having Ryan. So, um, but even after school, then I, I went straight into the makeup industry. I say makeup industry. I was a number seven consultant, but the makeup side of my life has been there for a very long time. My, my grandmother was a makeup artist. Oh. So 
she um, she used to take me to, it was like Avon or is it Lady, she keeps telling me is that the name, Lady Key or something years ago. Right. And she would take me to um, her friends and she would do, you know, like the little Avon parties. Parties, yeah. So there's me, the little six-year-old running around, wee tomboy, mind you, like, uh-huh. um, but loved makeup. Um, so that's where the makeup vibe came from. Mm-hmm. It's always been there. It's always something I wanted to do. Um, and then I just worked my way through the retail sector um, and the makeup industry. And then I decided that I wanted to actually train in a full time. So I went to Dublin, traveled up there every day for a year. Now, mind you, I was getting Ryan up at half four in the morning, five o'clock in the morning, leaving him into my mother's house, getting the bus at six from Dundalk to Dublin to be there for eight, um, do a full day training, be home for eight o'clock that night, collect Ryan, take him into the house. So that went on for a year. Now, I don't know how i done that or oh my, my mother God. done that. I know, that's not And easy. it was so intimidating because I remember being back then so young and like all the, oh, everyone else in the, in the class was, I think they were, a lot, they were a lot well off than me. Like I didn't have any money. Mm-hmm. I was a single mom and I was mm-hmm. so young. But um, I got through it and then I just pushed on in my career as a makeup artist. Unreal. And you didn't just push on. Like, <laughs> yeah. on. There's loads of things <laughs> happened in between there. Go so what did I do? Like, well, I've written down here, like, you worked at Google and YouTube headquarters. Like, wh- how the hell do you end up in YouTube and Google headquarters? Um, you were made for YouTube headquarters. So you really were. I um, I turned around to mum one day and I was like, because back then, there was n- nobody really knew what a makeup artist was. Mm-hmm. Everybody went to their beautician. Mm-hmm. But I knew I wanted to do something different. I knew I wanted to really get into TV and film. Um, and at that time, there wasn't a lot of production happening in Northern Ireland. Whereas now, it's one of the biggest locations in Europe. Mm-hmm. Um, so I decided one day, I was like, Mom, I'm going to go for a wee trip to London. She's like, what are you doing now? Like, there's no filter. Yeah. There's no, as you said, there's no fear. Like, I love trying something. Uh-huh. If, I don't, if it doesn't work, Oh well, yeah. I'll do something else. But I said, I'm going to go to London. She said, what are you going for? And I said, so I actually sold my car to do this crazy trip. Sold my car, um, got a couple of thousand pounds for it. Got a flat in London and um, put my two months rent up. Now, I, it's the second day... I didn't know this, by the way. This is all new information, so my reaction is... No, I had no money. Obviously, my money was, was tied into rent, flights and paying my rent back home um, and everything. So um, I started giving out leaflets for um, a gym on the street. In so London? It was, it was 10 or an hour. I didn't know, I knew one person. But I knew that um, to get into the industry, um, I needed to start knocking on some doors. So I started actually going to YouTube and, and Google. And my friend Anna worked there. So I started like, please, could you get me a job? And then I started asking reception. I was like landing down to the reception Shut door. Up. No joke. <laughs> Landed oh in the reception God. door and I was like, is there anything? Is there anything? So eventually they gave in and I became the head makeup artist for um, the Hangout, it was called. It was a, like something like this uh-huh. where they would take international artists in and interview them. So I was the, I was the makeup artist. So I was Laura Whitmore's for the Love Island. Wow. I was her makeup artist. And then I met, I'd done makeup. It was a lot more men, actually. And I know it was only touch-ups, but still, I touched John Legend's face. Did you? Yeah. Good woman. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> Something we could only dream yeah. of. So, and, you know, you're saying that, but that's all because you put yourself out there. You were, you were going to get, you, you know, it's, you took oh. the risk of going there and you were, weren't afraid of rejection, really. Yeah. Oh, I don't mind rejection. Rejection uh, actually drives you. Yeah. Because I'm like, right, okay, well, if you don't want it, I'll go somewhere else. 
Um, but during this time, I was also doing two days in London, flying over, having two days in, in Ireland with Ryan, flying back. So I wasn't making any money. There was no mm -hmm. money there. It was mm -hmm. all building my experience mm -hmm. and my confidence in the industry that I know that I wanted to be part of. Mm -hmm. So Google and everything was great. And then I knew that the Trish McAvoy thing, um, I wanted to, she was a, such an inspiration for me because she's such an empowering woman. Like she's in her 70s now and her main, her main um, thing for within her business is, you know, to help women feel good. So that's what I knew I wanted to do as well. So I was like, I need to meet this woman. This is another story. I said, I really need to meet this woman. I love her products. I love everything behind her story. I'm going to apply for a job on her counter in Selfridges and hopefully maybe I could meet her then. So away I went anyway and I walked into Selfridges and I said, is there any chance I could have a job? Now this is one of the toughest counters to get on in Selfridges because they pay, they're the most paid, oh, the, the highest paid counter okay. in, in Selfridges. So got, got the interview, got the job. So I started working um, part-time for Trish McAvoy in, in London. So they were very um, helpful with me because they knew I was traveling back and forth. So I was working on a makeup counter. I could have worked at a makeup counter in Belfast. Yes. I was working on a makeup counter in, in London. Um, and then I was getting on my day off, my flight in the morning. They were giving me the two days off together. I was spending that in Ireland with Ryan, coming back, doing my work on a counter in London just because oh I wanted to learn everything about this brand, about this woman, about everything. So eventually um, I'd met Trish and we became friends. And as you do. As we do. Mm -hmm. And um, fast forward a couple of years then, just before the apprentice, after the apprentice, um, Trish contacted me and she said, listen, Gron, you know, I love everything you're doing. I've been following your journey from you left the counter. Um, would you like to collaborate? So I ended up designing, and she'd never done it before, I designed her summer palette and hosted all our events in Ireland. In oh my goodness. I didn't, yeah. like I'd written this down, but I didn't know all of that. That's unbelievable. Yeah. Because I feel that if you want to, if somebody inspires you, don't be afraid to reach out and contact them. And it's not, it's not that you're, it's, because people will be like, oh God, I couldn't ask her for advice. I'm like, I'm all over that. I think people sharing their experience and their story is, is how other people then succeed. I know. know, but I think uh, actually here, us in this country too, are always fearful of, oh, they'll, you know, oh, think you I'm foolish or why yeah. would they want to speak to me? But uh, you're not the first person that I've spoken to that have said, uh, just go for it. Like, yeah. what have you got to lose? Yeah. Look, look what happened so to the you. The Trish thing's a massive That's example of somebody that inspired me, somebody that I looked up to, but I knew, I thought, like, there was a plan behind it. How can I meet this woman? Yeah, like you didn't just in fairness reach out to her. You got you made your way. I there, made my way. You? Like I, I uh -huh. went to the interview, worked on the counter, uh -huh. done her events, then became friends with her, uh -huh. and then unreal. So that's deadly. That was one of them stories. That's unreal. my London story. That oh, that is some story. And then, like I've written here, like what challenges did you meet in those early days of trying to find your niche, like? You know, was there anything that, well, obviously a challenge was traveling back and forth and stuff, mm -hmm. but did you come across anything else that challenged you during that time or? I think the being away from Ryan and the, I got a lot of backlash from close friends actually, who are now not close friends <laughs> because they would say that I'm a bad mother. Yes. Um, well, how can you leave your son? Um, and I knew in the back of my head and my heart that what I was doing was actually gonna- For him. For him in the long run, because he is now exactly, he looks up to what I've done. Um, whereas 
that was probably my biggest challenge, overcoming my self-doubt in my head. Oh, Jesus, am I a bad mother? Am I doing the right thing doing this? Am I spending too much time away from him? Because I didn't have any money. I was using my money for rent. I was two houses, a house and a, and a, and a flat and travel. That, that was it. Mm -hmm. um, and I was lucky to have my mother because she gave me a lot of help financially mm -hmm. for Ryan as I, as I was doing because that was a solid year. I was in London, yeah. back and forth. Yeah. So um, I think that was. Didn't it? I think that was the the biggest challenge, mm -hmm. and probably the food consumption because I had no money to eat. I literally was so thin and too like I was no just. Way. Oh I, I lived on meat, like Sainsbury's meal deals. I had no money. Yeah. I literally and people are like, oh, it's, you know, there's loads of money. There's not. I know. There's not when you're when you're trying to juggle and doing a lot of free work as well because obviously. To get into an industry like mm -hmm. that, you have to do a lot. You mm -hmm. have to say, yeah, do you know what? I will do that for free. I will gain that experience. And is it st would you say to people who are listening now in that industry, particular, like specifically, is it still, would you still say that that's the kind of... I don't think people will do anything for nothing. Now, I know. Even we, young ones. And it's so bad. You see, that's what I'm I, thinking. Like when you listen to how hard you grafted, are people still having to graft that hard? Are they willing to graft that no, hard No, I now? think people are rub wrapped in bubble wrap. Okay. Do you okay. know, and they need to realise that. Yes. This is what especially, it takes Especially, something. like, I remember years ago looking at people on Instagram, you know, bigger makeup artists um, or influencers and going, how are they getting all that stuff? And I'm like, what am I going to do? And all this, you know, really mm. intimidated. Like, how am I going to do that? But yeah. that wasn't my niche. That wasn't my, my place was TV and film yeah. back then. So, um Doing a lot of stuff and gaining experience is definitely, definitely yeah. the way to, to get into a market that you want to get into. Yes. Especially TV and film because it is competitive. Yes, yeah. You know. I think a lot of people listening and maybe sit up and listen to that, that you don't, you, sometimes you do have to, oh, you know, yeah. put yourself out there and offer your services. Yeah. In, in your industry, like I don't know about every industry, but you're telling me this and I'm thinking, yeah, that's probably. And even at that, like when you go on to even, for instance, onto a set, like you, you'll do a million things. If yeah. any makeup artists that are here are listening that, you know, think they want to get into TV and film, you'll do 16 hour days. Yeah. And you're a makeup artist, you're first on, you're last off, you're a runner, you're a coffee maker, you're, a, you're, you're everything. You can't you're, be turning your nose up at the can't, it's no. not, you know, and I think it's within any industry, if you're going into a new job, if you're in one, if they say you're doing that, you know, that one certain thing, no, do everything. I Get know. involved in everything. I, so I, it's interesting because I've just did a podcast about HR and we t I talked to Joanna about making sure in the contract that it says just because your job role is uh, mm. retail assistant, it doesn't mean mm, you might not have to create content for social and clean the back toilet whenever the customers yeah. go out and do the dishes after your break. 100%. You know, and actually sometimes that needs to be broken down now in contracts because people don't expect that that's part of their job role and it is. Massively. Yeah. Yeah. I so think that's interesting to know. The Dig podcast is all about educating my listeners, but it's so important to me that it is also a place to gain exposure. Each week we open up the podcast to brands and business owners to pitch to you guys. I can't wait for you to hear from this week's business. Welcome to Finishing Touches 2, our independent lifestyle store full of lovely gifts and inspiring homeware. Whether you're treating yourself or someone else, we believe that every gift should feel like a little bit of luxury. We stock ladies' accessories, home furnishings and personalised items. We are always sourcing unique gifts and we pride ourselves on having excellent quality at affordable prices. We aim to offer you exceptional customer service and top quality products that you will enjoy yourself or that make the perfect gift for your friends and family. Finishing Touches 2 
as a must for all those who enjoy shopping for beautiful accessories to complement their lifestyle and a great place for unique and wonderful gifts for all occasions. As a small business, our customer will always be the most important thing to us. We will do our very best to ensure you are very happy from the start of your shopping experience to the end. We have recently spent a lot of time preparing our new website and making sure it is very easy to navigate around and ensuring our images are very clear and precise. You will find us on Facebook under Finishing Touches 2. Our Instagram handle is Finishing Touches 2 and we are also on Snapchat as Finishing Touches 2. And our website is www.finishingtouches2.co.uk you mentioned just about casually dropped it into conversation the apprentice but oh. what when did that happen and, and how did that happen and and tell us about that um it was christmas 2015 and i was watching it um and there was a hairdresser on it i was like the hairdresser on this i can do this to myself and I remember saying that to, I downloaded the application. I remember sitting in the bed on my own and in the, in the dark in my bedroom, downloading the application going, oh God. I'm not, the, I'm not the smartest tool in the box, like I was the sharpest tool in the box, whatever, um, you know, for my grammar and different things. Mm -hmm. So I was like typing this, mm -hmm. like I was texting somebody. So God love them reading <laughs> it, right? Um, and um, I remember saying it to my, to my mom and my sister and I was like, I'm gonna apply for The Apprentice. Now, if two people would have stood and their sides cracked open with laughter because they thought this was the most ridiculous thing they've ever heard, they were like, what do you mean? Where, where has this idea came from now? And I was mm -hmm. like, well, I've seen a hairdresser on it. If a hairdresser can do it, a makeup artist can do it. Yes. And they're like, Ron, you're crazy. It's like, I know, but sure, I'll give it a go. So it, it took me about three or four days to write the application. And then I got, I got, the, got, the, got the, the first interview. But the first interview, I actually was booked for a full makeup masterclass so I couldn't do it so I had to email them back I was like really sorry but thanks for the thanks for that date any chance we could change it to another one good for you though and, uh, shows your priorities yeah. you weren't going to let down your and, masterclass uh, they were like yeah that's fine so they gave me a second date Happy so I flew over to Manchester and at this stage honestly I had to borrow the money for a flight I had no I, and people even now they're like oh Grania you know you're on the telly you made loads of money I openly say at that stage of my life there was no money mm -hmm. everything was back and forth bills mm -hmm. kid mm -hmm. um you know working in tv and film it wasn't it wasn't set wages you know so mm -hmm. it'd be like six weeks on two weeks off mm -hmm. um so i had to borrow the money for the flight to manchester and i remember rocking up in my little pre-mark suit and my pre-mark case and i mean oh. social anxiety would have hit a million because i walked into the lobby of this fancy hotel there's all these like loads of people and all their big fancy suits uh -huh. and all and I was like oh no I can't I bet do this. you looked unreal though I was I like I can't, do, I can't do this and the sweat rolled off me and I run I literally run out of the place and I went down the street and I remember standing and I had a massive word with myself I remember standing going come on Ron you can do this you can do this you literally you can do this so I walked in grabbed my suitcase and away in the door and uh, you become a number in a in a in a room full of hundreds of people, so everybody was there with their wee case and their suit, oh, like loads of people auditioning for this. Yeah, Is that the way it was? Yeah, right? Okay. So <gasps> hundreds of people, oh. and you can see them all coming and going, and, and you're sitting in this massive big room in this fancy hotel. And it's just all chairs, so it's like an event. Mm -hmm. So your number gets called, and you've got to the top of the room, 
And then the TikTok. I have anxiety listening to this. Oh my God, I'm excited. I'm thinking about it again. How in the name, I don't even know how I've done that. Uh-huh. Um, because my biggest fear, believe it or not, back then was actually public speaking. I couldn't have, I couldn't have sat and done this. Yes. I couldn't have openly spoke. Mm-hmm. I was very, yeah, I, was, I, I could talk to my friends and different things, but in a business sense like this, it would, it would, it would my legs were like, no. Yeah. It just was, was a no. Um, so they called my number out and then you have to stand and stand forward and you don't know when your number because this ticket petanias and your number gets called randomly and they're like stand forward and tell me why you should be here oh <gasps> well, tell us what you said what <laughs> can you so remember, remember what you said I, I mean i remember standing right and i had a long dress on like a like a kneeling and i remember like that my legs caroline and the sweat and everything i was like um, I think I should be here because um, I'm very determined. I don't know really remember but you what said I said. something that made them say yes. I don't know. I, I think obviously they would have read the application okay, and everything. Yeah, so, so it was all based on a lot of things. There was a lot okay. of things behind that, I think, as well. Um, so after that, you're then put back into another room. If you're called, you're taken away to another section. Oh, my God. Either you're not, you just, you're, 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 you're gone. Sling your hook. So, <laughs> so here, I, there's Granny McCoy. Now your name. Right, okay. Into another room, had to go through another interview process, into another interview process. So as the day went on, the process gets like, you know, keeps continuing yes. on, but the numbers get shorter, obviously. Yes. So at the very end of the day, they take you into a room like this, all set up beautifully, right? Yes. And you know that section of the apprentice where the, you're standing and you're sweating <laughs> and they go and they make you talk. Yes, and they video, and they and they put it live onto the BBC. Yes, that's the day they do that. Oh right, okay. So you have no experience with TV. Oh you have no experience God. with talking. Right. Your makeup looks terrible. You've been dragged through the edge all yeah, day. <laughs> yeah, you're not allowed any makeup touch ups. Nothing. And I'm standing there going, "Oh yeah, I really want to be here." No, I didn't. I was absolutely exhausted. Yeah. In no way, shape, or form did I think that that video that was being recorded was then going to be put onto the onto the actual show. Keep going, so, keep going. Um, <laughs> so that was all right. That was that happened, and then um, I left, went home, and then I got an email. They said we'll send you an email on say the seventh of February. Um, if you don't get it by seven o'clock, you're not on, or you're not in the next process. Mm-hmm. So seven o'clock came. I was like, <laughs> I remember crying in the car with my friend, and two minutes past seven, boom, email. I was like, oh my god, second interview. So second interview came, went and done that. Um, and that was apparently Lord Sugar watches you from the back of the screen camera. Okay. It's all like he's in the background watching. Mm-hmm. So you ha- you're up against other candidates and you have to put yourself um, to, do- to make a cupboard, I think it was. And they're like, who wants to be project manager? Here's me. I'll do it. So in this room with yes. all these people. So there's me. I remember kicking off the shoes because of a big pair of high heels on. I was like, right, you do this, 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 this. Obviously the cupboard fell apart because I'm not great at that. Yeah. But... Um, that process happened, then again they, they, they drag it out and again it was five past seven or something and then the third interview was um, the final one and then they told me I, I'd know by the 14th of April and then they phoned and they told me and I remember the phone call standing in the living room and all my family like looking through the pane of glass and I was like, I'm on the show. Oh my God. And they were like, what? I'm like, I'm on the show. Uh, uh, so, and obviously, Thinking back now to then, um, I was a lot younger um, and I wouldn't have that much confidence in, in what what my abilities were. Yeah. So 
I never really grasped the fact I'm after making this on this show where hundreds of thousands of people apply. Yeah. And they took this little girl from Drum and Tea yeah. where we don't even have a shop. Yeah. You know, so it was. Uh, I th- when I think back now, I get anxiety thinking how and how did you do that? Oh my god. So, um, but yeah, l- went on the show. Loved the show. Loved the process. Loved everything about it. Um, obviously, I had a lot of experience in TV and film, so I was used to like 16-hour days. I was mm-hmm. used to cameras, mm-hmm. not talking in front of them, but the whole production side of it yes. didn't intimidate me. Yes. I loved it. I loved every moment of it. I loved every task. I loved challenging myself in different ways and been put in different situations where I didn't have a clue what I was doing, but I mean I was going to put everything into it. Mm-hmm. Um, was project manager twice, failed twice. Um, the second one was a drinking, um, we had to create our own gin. I got absolutely blocked. No. I got hammered. Stop it. On national television. No, you didn't. I need to see this. Well, see, I, on this, on this <laughs> task, this was task 10. This was the last one. And they put you in a, into a distillery. But sure, what I think it was production. It wasn't me. I didn't know you had to spit out the testing, right? So there was a bucket there. But sure, I didn't know the bucket was to spit. The, the yeah, actual alcohol into that, no, so I was sitting right drinking away I was like oh 100% mm, yeah that's good that's good that's one hammered oh. absolutely it, hammered did you get kicked out ta- after that no, no. no oh, we okay. kept me because I had a good I had a good reason, reason. Mm-hmm. okay so um, I'd missed 19 calls from the other team and I was project manager so I, I was that drunk on, on, on The Apprentice that I missed the, the whole everything I just missed it all. Didn't see the phone. I was too hammered at making cocktails and drinking them. Um, anyway, so yeah. I got I got into the boardroom, and Lord Sugar was like, "The other team were clever enough to to spit out the alcohol. Why did you not do that?" And I'm like, "You've told me how am I, how am I meant to sell something to somebody if I don't know what it tastes like?" And he was like, "Good enough." Yeah, and he was <laughs> like, "Well, that's a very good point." And I was like, "No, but seriously, how am I meant to create a product, sell it to Tesco's without tasting it?" So I'm sorry that I got drunk, but I needed to taste the product before I had good to sell it. For you. <laughs> good so I was like, that's a very good good reason, Grania. So anyway, that was task ten. Right. So obviously everybody wants to get into the interview process. Right. So I got hammered on task ten and that's the final task. So it was it was a hit and miss, I think. But I think they take into consideration everything that you've done prior to that. So yes. anyway, I got into the final I got into the semifinals um and went through the interview process and think my business plan didn't make sense anyway I didn't really know what I was I knew the elements of it that I wanted but his his thing to me was you know you have great ideas you're just squeezing too much into everything you've I want so much so quick you know if you would have broken it down into a little bit more segments and then took it in a different way maybe potentially I could have got through to the final personally now no offense if you're watching Lord Sugar um I I definitely wouldn't have wanted to be a business partner with him Okay, why? Obviously, this is constructive and all, but yeah, why? I think, as you said at the start, I'm too fiery. I'm too. I know what I want within my business, and I think um, he would. The two of us would clash. Yes. Because, I think he suits somebody better that will sit back and say, "Yes, do this, do that. You're only doing that." Whereas I'd be like, "No, that's not going to work. It's not yeah. going to work for what what's in my head. It's yeah. my plan. It's my dream. Yeah. You know, it might be your money, but I'd rather." take a seat back take three years to gather the money out myself and then do it yeah. myself so uh, for anybody listening the reason obviously I, uh, Grania I'd always want her on the podcast but she shared something on social 
um, a few months ago and I instantly sent her a message. So she sent, she put up a video of Lord Sugar and the whole team. I, I, I was, I was a fan. I was like, how dare they say yeah. that? So, so that's what I, sometimes I didn't like about The Apprentice was they shot people down that you were like, no, what do you know now? Come on, that person could be something someday. Yeah. So they said, Grania, you're trying to do, there's no way that you can be a makeup artist, have your own shop, serve customers on the shop floor and have an online store. Grania just wants too much. I remember yeah. you, you post that and, and I was thinking, but Grania is a makeup artist. She has her own shop. She has her online store and her own brand. And then I messaged you straight away. I was like, did they say that about you? Yeah, and you were yeah, like, yeah. yeah. So you have achieved everything they said that you you were, you were couldn't as in that you were doing too much. Yes. How does that make you feel? Like that's unreal. I think, as I said, I think, I think, oh God, I don't know actually. No, but seriously, you uh, did all the things that those people in that room said that you couldn't. Yeah. That's unreal. And it took me, it took me a lot longer, obviously, as, as I said, it took me, it took me four years. But this is, I, but it's I, longevity for me. It's not, yeah. it's not a short term thing. Whereas I think getting an injection with an investor to pump money in and him taking nearly full reign of it and, and save it uh, just wasn't going to work for me. And I think he knew that as well. So he was trying to nor, sort of like knock down my business. I don't think he could work with me. That's I don't think thing. he could. I don't think, I think that's what it was. No. But, but what offended me was I, I hate whenever, like that's enough. If only you're a very strong, determined mm-hmm. woman, that's enough to knock someone that already doubted themselves to think, okay, I'm never going to do yeah. it. You know, I, I don't like that side of it, you know. Mm-hmm. So it was unreal to see how you didn't listen to that and you just went. I never listened to anyone. <laughs> I mean, and that's one of my Fair biggest. Clue. That's one of my biggest things, and I, I say it so strongly to everybody. And I've said it since I was young, and I've taken it through every sort of part of my life, in between relationships, everything, work. Hold on, I would never listen to anybody that is going to jeopardize my future. So, like, if they're if I doubted myself in a way because I listened to what they said and then stopped, you know, potentially doing something, an opportunity that I passed because somebody said, oh, well, sure, you, you couldn't do that. Or that's not viable or you, that's, you're, that's not for you. If somebody said that to me, I'd be like, do you know what? Thanks very much. You've just threw a load of fire into me, you know, a little load of fuel into my fire. See you in six months. Unreal. So I think blocking the opinion of others is very important within life because it can stop so many businesses, so many people, so many different ideas because we're so afraid of what, oh my, oh, oh what'll my mother say or what'll my, the neighbours say. Do you know, if it's something that you're dying to do, if it's a dream of yours, the, the fear of what other people's opinions is, is definitely a barrier that people need to stop and, and literally break down. Mm-hmm. It's such a strong thing that I've, I've done it, I've thought about it, I've, I've taken it through my whole life from Ryan because I got that much grief and that much stuff written in the toilets and all these, thank God there wasn't social media at the time. I know, oh my God. So I blocked out all of it. I didn't listen to any of them. I just, I'm like, whatever, you're, you're not going to pay my bills. So strong of so you to say that though. You it's, know. But it's such a big thing that I feel even people now at our age or anybody's age should really take into consideration if they have an idea or a dream or some sort of business they want to start the opinion of others or the fear of what other people will say has to be deleted for you to, to actually Move do forward. that. Oh, massively. massively. Even Lord Sugar. It doesn't Lord matter Sugar. what he says. No. And you know what? It flipping doesn't because I watch it and I was like, no! Yeah. <laughs> He's I've done it. 
<laughs> she did it anyway. So it's just, it's, a, it's unreal. I know so many people are going to be listening and they're going to stop this podcast and they're going to go do what they were supposed to do after this. So yeah. I really wanted you to share that story. And obviously Lord Sugar and, and that whole um, production is amazing and it's given some people some amazing opportunities. Yeah. But for someone like you, now you know it really wasn't right for you because yeah. you're very like independent. But I think even at that, people think, you know, you go on a TV show, you got this everything that was handed to you. Yeah, no, absolutely oh, not. It was, I felt like I was right back to the start of really? that show. Really? Okay. Um, so what happened? In 2016, being on that part of that show, if you looked at my credit rate, it's red, 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 red every month. There was, n- I had no work. I worked in TV and film, so I couldn't commit to any work. Um, again, everything was bouncing back at me. I, I literally had no funding. Um, the first four months of the of the year, you uh, obviously go through the interview process. So I couldn't dedicate myself to any real solid production. Mm-hmm. Um, and then you go on the show, and then you get out of it, say August. Then your name's released um, middle of September. Then you're not allowed to do anything really, or tell anybody any sort of indication of where you got on the show from September to December. Mm-hmm. So that whole year's out. Oh my god! That whole year's gone, and you don't get paid for it. Mm-hmm. So um, going into 2017 and it was back to literally work, work in Grania. Mm-hmm. And I mean, I knocked on doors. I think I got my first pay, paid job in April. Um, I came, became the ambassador for an apprenticeship company throughout the whole of the UK. Um, and I started doing workshops and we started getting funding. Um, and I started, I created a work sh- couple of workshops across Northern Ireland for teenage. So I wanted to wanted to use my profile of The Apprentice, now the business side that I learned, my makeup, but also very, staying very true to myself and, and the feel-good factor of what I wanted to create for other people. So I started, um, I got funding for a teenage workshop. So we um, paid for their course, we got their travel paid for. If they needed childcare, we got that paid for, we got their kit paid for. Um, and we helped young people between 16 and 24 get into an industry where they never thought they could. Um, a lot of it was through makeup, but a lot of it was actually helping them with self-confidence. That was the backbone, which they never mm-hmm. realised. Mm-hmm. So we done workshops all across Northern Ireland with that. It then went into the UK. Um, I done teenage mom workshops. I got all that funded as well. Wow. So yeah, makeup's my thing and going on The Apprentice was my thing, but I wanted to put it all together then. and then workshops were created. Unreal. And they were going so well and everything was amazing. Then Grania went skiing. What? Oh, we'll hear this. Oh God. Right, so 2018, (laughs) I decided I'd take a skiing trip. I'd never skied before. Well, you must have had a bit of money then, if you went skiing. A skiing trip, that I'd paid for it in the June. So things were picking up. Things were picking (laughs) up. There was a couple of quid going about now. There was a couple of pounds in the bank. Book a wee skiing trip. Went skiing um, January, first day, went up the mountain. Great day. Broke your leg. Nope. Second day, went up the mountain, had a couple of gins again. <sighs> All right. Got a bit cocky, thought I could go down the mountain. Oh, no. No, so I ended up snapping, my, broke my leg and my foot. Um, Tried to work in? In France, yeah. So I had to be taken off the mountain. Um, it turned out that I, fast forward a couple of months, obviously a normal break is a break. My bone didn't heal. I ended up getting a rare nerve disorder where I had no feeling from my kneecap to my foot. I had to retrain my brain through the whole of 2017 that my leg was there. So I had oh to do... Oh my God. You're just a drama from Dra- start I to tell you, I told you it was a roller coaster. <laughs> so during this time, I had, I mean, the, one of the darkest times in my life. My, after The Apprentice, you know, that was all buzz. 
2017 was fantastic because first of all, first time in my life I was making money, doing what I wanted to do. And then boom, right, let's let's hit Grania with another challenge. So um, in March, I remember I was like, I don't even want to wake up. Please don't wake up. I don't want to be here. I just can't be bothered with this life. It's just too much. It's just too difficult. Um, every time something good happens, and obviously everyone faces challenges, but I just felt like, Jesus, it's just ongoing. So dark. It was really. It was a deep time for me at that stage of my life. Um, I like my, my career's over again. You know, so I could do one or two things. I could sit there and feel sorry for myself for another six months, um, or I could turn this time that I had, which was my resting time, I turned it into. Yeah, I had to retrain my brain because if I got into the shower too quick and the sensation went to my leg, the whole nerves were gone. It would actually make me pass out because. My nervous system, my brain wasn't connecting to the leg. Oh my God. So I turned, I knew what, what made me happy and it was, was makeup. So I turned my spare room into, uh, I started doing content. This is where it started. So this is where the influency okay. element came in because yeah. I'd never done it before. So I had time then, one, to retrain my leg, um, but two, I had a lot of downtime where I couldn't walk. So I set up a whole um, studio in my room, got the lights, got the camera started talking, started teaching myself how to talk to a camera. While I was doing this, I started the Grony McCoy brand. So I started um, manufacturing and getting all my lashes and everything ready on the side as well. So um, the 2018 challenges of the leg actually set me up for another right. path yeah. of my career that I never thought I would, would actually do. So mm -hmm. I, I got into the, the blogging world. Yeah. Um, and I started creating content and videos and makeup videos um, and putting them online and doing a lot of Instagram talking, teaching myself how to talk, which is a massive thing. Yeah, oh my God. A lot massive. of people are like, oh, how, how do you talk to a camera? I look back now going, oh, I'm cringing. And um, how did, I was like, oh but my you God, knew why. I'm sitting here. It's so good, isn't it? Look at this makeup product. Uh -huh. <laughs> I'm like, oh no. <laughs> Whereas now I just talk as myself. But um, yeah. The, but do you think is that what it took? kind of get noticed and and be people set up and then obviously buy your product is that what it took i think i think i think um as i said during the leg time it was either sit back feel sorry for myself or turn this negative situation into an actual positive and start learning start getting back into something that i love but in a different avenue of it so i was never thought i would go down influencer road mm. or, or creating content like that um but that time, it gave me the opportunity to, to teach myself. Um, then it was actually November of that year. So I was out. I was in a boot for that whole time. I was in crutches and I wore my first pair of heels. Um, I was actually still, I'd done a couple of events with the boot and one heel on. Oh, I was yeah. trying to make a trendy. Yeah. Some harsh spice doing it. <laughs> um, but by November, I was, I was back. I was, I was walking again. Okay. So, um, and at this stage, I had created an online following. So that was going up. Um, my lashes were in all of the Gordon stores. I'd, I'd tortured them during that time as well. I'd manufactured, designed and everything, got the lashes done, got them into stores. So everything was prepped, ready. And then life became good again. Unreal. And when you say you tortured them, this is another person that you put yourself in front of. So how do you torture Gordon's? Like, how do you find out who to go? Do you go into the shop and speak to the girl on the desk? Do you know somebody that knows somebody LinkedIn. that knows somebody? LinkedIn. LinkedIn. Oh, I hope everybody's Stalked. listening to this. Stalked on LinkedIn. Stalked LinkedIn. Very good, yeah. right? Okay. Um, 
uh, tried to get into Superdrug and different brands. And now when I think back in the packaging and everything I sent to Superdrug, it was so embarrassing. I know, but you but, know. Like, you it's all tr- a learning curve. Yes, yes. But I still done it. Yes. Um, but yeah, LinkedIn. LinkedIn's great. Yeah, for so everybody's saying for doing things drop like this. Drop an email. Well. Yeah. Find them on Instagram. Instagram's great. Find them on LinkedIn. Drop them in um, a message on Instagram as well. Okay. Brilliant. There, there's a good tip. Okay. Really and truly, I've got some good connections from LinkedIn, and then and talk to them on Instagram. Okay. Um, and then they see your profile. So your profile is a good. It's, yes. It's it's it's, it's your CV it, nearly. It is, isn't you it? know. So um, it's a good stepping stone to, to make a connection as well. Yeah. Okay. So moving on now to the, um, like, I, I've written down here. What advice would you give to people trying to make a name for themselves to get noticed in the industry? But I think we've covered that there, like mm-hmm. pushing yourself forward and not taking no for an answer, and perhaps the video content. Do you think that in your industry is that needed? I think yeah, massively. It yeah. is, um, and it is challenging, and it's very daunting for a lot of people because they don't like listening to their own voice back. But practice, practice, practice. Just continue to do it. Don't, don't be terrified of comparing yourselves to other people as well. It's a massive thing because if you have a hundred followers, there's still a hundred people. Hundred people is a lot of people. A lot of people. Hundred people, people in a room. I know. I do you know? Saying so that to people. it's but not about the numbers. No. it's about growing yourself and your community yes. and having a loyal following behind you like I am I mean I thank them every day my following is just amazing I'm so so lucky to have every one of them they're so supportive of me mm-hmm. and stand by with me with everything and it you know I don't want to have 100 million followers I'm so happy with the numbers that I have yeah. and how how they support they, you oh they're my friends yeah 100% unreal 100% and like, tell us now, so for people don't listen, what are all the different aspects of your business? So what are you doing right now? And I said, when Lord Sugar said you couldn't, what do you, what is your ask, different aspects of it? Oh, I have so many more ideas. I so know. I say, I so tell <laughs> us what you're actually doing now, and then we'll talk about what your plans are. Okay. Um, I, during lockdown, again, obviously, uh, everyone's business stopped. Yeah. Um, mine was then doing events and makeup workshops throughout Northern Ireland again, and that all stopped. And then last March, I was like, I got so bored and my brain doesn't settle very well like it, it just continues to go very very fast I was like I need to do something here so I knew I was doing content for other brands so I thought why not build my own online site um, and put a couple of products on it and see how it goes within three months because of the absolutely fantastic people that follow me there was no marketing in it whatsoever the, the following that I had supported me and backed me and bought of me that I actually had the finances to open my own retail store. That's amazing. I honestly, and I, I've got some people talking about And there's about no marketing team, there's there was no, no nothing, uh-huh. it was just literally. But it is, it was a big thing because my business plan was a retail store, an online store, a training academy for the apprentice to also work in the store, to manage the store, to do makeup in the store. So you can't do that, can't Grania. Do that That's Grania. too much. So lo and behold, um, during a global pandemic, I done my online store. I, re- I opened my retail store. Um, I done the training now. Um, we've just got another two and a half thousand square foot upstairs where we're renovating to take upstairs. Um, I have my chaoses in the marshes in Dundalk open in November. I have more products of my own brand coming out. I what else do I? Do? 
I love my I love my influence and stuff. Yes. You know. Um, and that's something you can work on alongside of all of yeah. that and it still affects I your have, business because yeah. you can drive sales and all that way. So, yeah, I do. I'm going to tag Isle Allen <laughs> and, and see tag him. The, I tag him all the time. Do you? <laughs> yeah. yeah, but you know, seriously though, you'd love to have a conversation with him and say, you know, you, you jumped too soon, you judged me too soon. But yeah. it's amazing that you've been able to achieve all that, you know, and listening to it, you're like, fair play. And what would you say to him? What would you say to him if he was listening? Oh, well, he's actually, from my left to show, he's taken me back every year as a mentor. Shut up. Yeah. You're dropping this in now yeah. at the end. <laughs> so um, he took me back to speak to all the new candidates before they actually were, their names were released onto the show and give them an insight into, because they follow my journey. So, and this is even before the shop. So they would take me back and I would sit and meet all the new candidates before their name was released and go through my story and my strong belief of don't be using your time on The Apprentice for five minutes of fame because longevity is key if you want to make money because mm -hmm. five minutes on the telly is not going to, nobody's going to care in 10 years. So no, no. you have this massive opportunity to use this time not to throw it away by getting yourself in the paper for a couple of days. Yeah. Um, so that strong point that I kept continuing to put across to um, the new candidates, yeah, he, he took me back three years. Unreal. Okay, mm. so you and I, Alan, are good friends then. Okay. Drop so him an email after this. Okay, <laughs> tell him about us, tell him about us over here. <laughs> I'm so excited to be able to finally launch the Dig Social Academy. It's something that I've been working on for so long, so the excitement is real. It'll be my first online course and one that I just can't wait to deliver. It's a social media bootcamp and it's suitable for anybody wanting to learn techniques on how to navigate through Facebook and Instagram. I know that's not easy sometimes. So as well as learning to navigate through those platforms, we'll also learn how to create content that gets you noticed online. So if you would like to be part of the Social Media Academy, then follow my Instagram, dig for success, send me a message and I'll send you a direct link to the course. It's gonna be amazing. So. Yeah, I could like I could talk to you all day. Oh my god! But you know, there's so much to talk about. But I follow your journey anyway and see all the things that you're doing. Where can everyone else that doesn't follow you find out about you and follow you and see all the amazing things you're doing? So what's like all your social handles and where can they get you? They're all well. Obviously, Instagram's probably my biggest one. My uh -huh. biggest follow. I do a lot on that. Um, and that's Grania uh, McCoy. Yeah, underslash. And all of them are the same. Underslash. So Grania McCoy. Underslash. Yeah. Okay. All all platforms are the same name. So. Oh good, okay, that's handy. All the same. Um, thank you so much. It's like sitting talking to my friend. Yeah. We just needed the gin and the wine and all oh, the no, things you're talking about. That'll be another my night. My gin stories are just, ah. they need to be covered up. <laughs> um, but thank you so much. I know everybody's going to love following you too. You're such a joy to watch as well online, just like you're sitting talking to me thank now. So is much. exactly how you are um, whenever you sit and watch. And that's kind of when you realise how authentic and real you are. And your story just makes it even more... I don't know, just, uh, it's so impressive and I just think you're great. Oh, thanks so, very much. Thank you so much for awesome. being on the Dig Podcast. Thank you for having me. Thank you so much for tuning in to another week of the Dig Podcast. If you missed anything, we've made some show notes for you with all the links and all the good stuff we've talked about today. Remember, if you do listen to an episode, screenshot it and share it on social. Remember to tag me so that I see it and I can reshare on my platform. I love to see everyone tuning in each week. It has been an honour to be your host. I look forward to our next episode.